Basic Bitches Movie Club, where we talk to music people about movies about music people. I'm Naomi. I use she/her pronouns. I'm Crystal. I also use she/her pronouns. And um, you know, it's finally happened. Uh, we had to watch Spice World. So today we are here with <laughs> Jess and Erica from Bangs. Usually, I have a little like one line. Uh, a summary of the movie to introduce it, but I, I've got nothing on this one. So, uh, Bangs, please introduce yourselves and tell us why Spice World. Okay, well, I'm Erica, and I didn't choose this, but I, but I was here for the ride. Just chose this movie, and I feel like if there's one thing to yell right now after watching Spice World, would be like, spice up your life, right? <laughs> it's not spice up your life, mm-hmm. um, and Jessica. <laughs> yes, I'm Jess. Um, I picked this movie just because I hadn't seen it in forever, but yet the songs are still ingrained in my brain since from since 15, 20 years ago. I still reference the songs in this movie, and I remembered enjoying it. So this is one of the movies I suggested, and Erica went with it. And now here we are. We all had to see it again. We're, we're the first time. I, well, so. I think of all of us. You're the only one that had seen it. None of us oh. have seen it before. <laughs> well, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> I mean, I've managed to avoid it my entire life, but here I am. <laughs> and you know, we've yeah. we've watched a we've like watched a lot of movies over the course of this podcast where we've kind of realized like there are some movies that we love and then other people see it for the first time and don't have the same reaction because we have this nostalgia for it. This was the first time going into a movie where it's like, I have no nostalgia for this movie. I, and I don't, I just don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of this film. <laughs> My question, I have a question already. <laughs> My question is, uh, so you have no nostalgia, like not even the music. I mean- Yeah, this is, this is interesting, Crystal, did not go there at all with the Spice Girls. And I was, so, I was the target, I would have been the target audience. I would have been like 12 or 13 years old when this movie came out. And I just, I was just like, this is not for me. It's not for me. I don't, I can't, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of, it not only did it pass me by, I let it go. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But it's also been this kind of like cultural touchstone that I have no reference points for. And, and I know that it is a huge, it's a, it's a, it's a huge movie. It's fucking Spice World. Like it's, it's a part. I think it's culture. an important moment of personal growth for you that you have seen this movie I guess now. it is. I, guess I do is. wish that I had been filming you as you reacted to it because <laughs> it was, yeah. it was something. But so Jess, how old were you? I mean, was does the movie like a big thing for you or was it mainly Spice Girls? Um, I'm guessing like, I mean, like 96, 95. I can Google it. We're gonna it's 90, it. 97 was the movie. Yeah, okay. 96. It was one. only one year after their debut album. Yeah, I think it was probably the Spice Girls because I was 
Yeah, I was in the pop then, and yeah, I think it was yeah the music. And then I'm always I've always loved movies, so it was just the yeah I don't know a little bit of both I guess. But I'm definitely on a nostalgia train because mm-hmm. I I just I don't know it was just a basic movie and with all the awesome music awesome music so. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, as we were watching it, I, I remember Naomi kept saying to me, like, stop, stop trying to make it make sense. Like, stop trying to figure it out. Yeah, this is not like a densely plotted <laughs> movie. Aliens, though. <laughs> I know, it's like, I don't, are they trying to, that song, so it opens, the film opens, and the Spice Girls are playing Top of the Pops, and they're all wearing white, and they're singing this sexy song that... Two hours after the movie, I couldn't remember, but all that was in my head was um, En Vogue. I was like, it's that song that's like wanted to be that given and something he, but it isn't. And I argue, I argue against this thesis that that's what that song was trying well, to be. Well, that's what because was in you're my looking head. At this, you're looking at this from an American perspective and En Vogue were not that big in the UK. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. But I think that parallel though. I, yeah, now that what you said it. Well, that was the song that was in my head. And I was like, I know that's, I know they're not singing that song, but it has a similar vibe. And then Naomi said to me like, well, they were doing like a 60s girl group kind of thing. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) No. (laughs) They did. They played around with this like 60s aesthetic a couple of times. Like the stop video was very mod. Not that one. Thank you very much. I know, I do know the songs. They were unavoidable, you know? And they're not, not catchy, you know? I can, I can admit that for sure. You know, I'm a human being. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's not make this entire episode about crystals. I know, it's not about me. It's not about me. But it, but also, I I have been through something now. This is a... (laughs) It's an experience. So <clears throat> musically, like, tell us a little bit about your reactions to the music in the movie and how that has, like, inspired your own progression as someone that makes music now, both of you. For me, it's like Spice Girls. Like, I, the, the album when it came out was, like, huge. I remember being, like, at the back of, a, like, a bus on a school trip, like, just screaming it with a boombox, you know what I mean? I'm sure it wasn't the album. I think it was on a Now CD, you know? <laughs> picture that right now. Yep. Like, there you go. Like, you know what I mean? I think we were doing the Charleston, too. I don't sure, know. Sure, cool. sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just, like, it was, like, there was, like, that. I'm trying to think of what else was popular then. Um, but, like, yeah, Spice Girls was huge. So it was, like, wannabe, you know? And it was just, like, screaming at the back of the bus with a bunch of girls. I went to an all-girls school, and... You know, I was what, getting into watching this. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be cringy now. And like, maybe it doesn't stand the test of time or something. You know what I mean? Maybe this is going to be like a brand of feminism that's like that feminism light that we worry about. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, hmm. What I noticed was like the primary themes were like very much like about like supporting women and like friendships and like valuing that above all else, which I thought was really cool. So like, but as far as like the music, I mean, I think. I don't know. I guess it might have been the first time you heard the phrase girl power, right? Mm. Like, I think they me, invented it, didn't they? <laughs> they, invented, they invented it. You know, well, I grew up in Japan, right? So I lived in Japan until I was 18, and Riot Girl never made it to Japan. Like, a lot of that, like, alt shit that y'all get here doesn't make it overseas. Like, all 
I had access to was like top 40 radio through the US Airbase, which is called what? There's a name for that. But it's like, it's played by basically the bases, right? So the only way I could get it was top 40. So first time I heard of that kind of like feminism and like music would be girl power, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Be like this brand, mm-hmm. right? Versus like anything else. So I think that was like powerful, but I mean, it was always served with the side of like, you know, sexy. Yeah. That was always like serving to the male gaze. And I think there was a part of me that knew that too. So that's why like approaching, I was like very hesitant. I was like, mm, I wonder which way this is going to go, you know? But I think, I don't know. I was surprised that the movie did a good job of just like really focusing on the women and the relationships between the women and celebrating their differences as women, right? Because like a lot of the times when you have like dudes talking about women, it's like they're all like one, they're one type of person, mm-hmm. right? You know? But this is like, oh, we're all different people. And like, we love that we're all different. We still hang out. We have a fucking good time. Like, that's what the movie was, right? So, yeah. I was really glad that it held up in the, on that end because I was a little worried. But, you know, oh, like, God. I remember it being good, you know, for me feeling, you know, powerful as a woman, but kind of, you know, in the kind of corny, cheesy way. Yeah. So they, I feel like they, you know, they had a certain message, which I can appreciate. And they did it, you know, in a way that was kind of palatable to, to a wide stream of audiences. And I kind of, you know, someone's got, at least they're doing something. So I was yeah. a little worried. They were I taking out space of, for women. Yeah. And I can always appreciate that. One, one thing that I confirmed though, reading the Wikipedia was that although they were like, initially, like, basically it was like, try out and be like, chosen to be in a girl group by like these two dude managers like that's literally how it started right so it seems like mm, sketchy yeah. sketchy male gaze male gaze right but um the one thing i did notice was from the get is that they were trying to market to a female audience which is like kind of cool right you're just like oh oh really like you care about us such like you know you want like women to speak to women like you know what i mean like it's just like so all that was like super exciting i could see how even with this movie, like that message kind of held up and it's just like, no, no, no. Like, we don't give a fuck about the dudes right now. Like, let's talk about us and like what we want right now. And like, we're going to fucking have fun. Like, and I'm like, I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had like, um, cause I grew up in the UK and this, so I was about 14 when the Spice Girls arrived. And unfortunately for the Spice Girls, I was right on the cusp of like trying to like, getting more into like Oasis and the, like boys with guitars. <laughs> I'd had a very long pop moment, but I had started reading the NME magazine and thought that I knew about music. So I was very like, fuck is that? That's not for me. It never felt like it was for me, but it was interesting. I was, I was talking to Crystal about it after we watched the movie because Riot Girl also didn't cross my radar until much later. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was to y'all. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it's very, very, very American because because there's not a lot of other countries. I mean, certainly the UK and I would imagine Japan don't have the same tradition of like college radio, which is what kind of fuels a lot of that stuff. Oh, there's some punks in Japan. I've been trying to find them. (laughs) Hey, if you're a punk in Japan, (laughs) fucking call me now. But seriously, like, yeah, I grew up there, but I could never find like just like there's. I don't know I can't find it it's just it's very crowded very much a city you know yeah 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 so I had a similar like 
I was like, obviously, it's not as full on as Bikini Kill or whatever, but it's also serving a different audience. But like at the end, when they're playing the Royal Albert Hall, which when they look out over the audience, it's all children. There's like, they show one gay guy, but it's like, it's all children. And that really was their audience. It, it wasn't like, I feel like a lot of things now will be marketed towards kids, but like there's a sly wink to adults. Like nothing's just 100% for kids. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of another example, like really that would fall into like Bieber or like, you know, you have all the boy bands that might fall into that. Maybe, do they kind of target a lower age group? Maybe, yeah, certainly like more male pop groups arguably have. I mean, the guy, so the guy who wrote the movie uh-huh. is a guy called Kim Fuller, who is the brother of Simon Fuller, who was their manager and also invented um, Pop Idol, which over here was American Idol. So he's like this big, like, pop music Spengali. But that guy, Kim Fuller, he also wrote um, S Club 7's two, mo- two movies. <laughs> <laughs> They had movies. movies. Uh, S Club 7 also had a TV show that co-starred, weirdly enough, Linda Blair, the girl from The Exorcist, as a grown woman. Just a weird meeting of cultural moments. I'm glad glad she's getting work. (laughs) I mean, I guess S Club 7 would be another example of a band that's for children, but yeah, because I grew up in Japan. I had friends who were also like from different places, so like I got we got a lot of the British pop too. Uh-huh. So yeah, I can play that game a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> well, I was making Crystal listen to All Saints last night, and she hated it. But that was a girl band that came right afterwards. But they were more, um, yeah. I don't know. They're a little bit cooler, cooler. They they're over here. I think they had a couple of hits because their song was the song from the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Beach. I love that movie. Right. <laughs> like, there's a song called Pure Shores that was oh. like the song. That was All Saints. Anyway, wow. All Saints didn't have the like girl power thing going on. Who sang Say La Vie? Is that S Club 7? Say La Vie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Boys. <laughs> You never get lonely playing with your toys. We can talk. We can. No, sing. wait. That's Great. um. Very binary. That's um. Oh God, the Irish girl group. Irish, yes, they were right. Irish. What were they called? Their brother was in Boyzone. Boyzone. Oh, I'm I'm way out of my league here. I've got what nothing. Is that <laughs> uh, Be- oh, yeah. Bewitched was the Bewitched. Irish girl group. Right. But yeah. I'm trying to think of other girl groups that would be like comparable to Spice Girls, and the first one that I could think of was Pussycat Dolls, and I feel like that's not in the same area. No, they took it to a very strange (laughs) direction. For young children, definitely. It was like ten years later. Do you remember that shit? I mean, you know, we watched this, and we were sort of like, "Oh, well, I could certainly see the parallels between this and um, Josie and the Pussycats, which we also watched for podcasts." We're like, "Okay, so." Because what's the, that, that was like maybe a 10 year gap between those? No, uh, it was like six years, five, six years, I think. Oh yeah, well, but still, you know, the, the Josie and the Pussycats was, uh, was a little bit of a 
like cleaned up, like tighter version of Spice World in terms of a plot, but it also had that had similar themes, right? It was like there there are these girls, they're in a band, like they they want to play music and do it on their terms. Like friendship is at the core of what they're all about, and they're just like trying to not be manipulated um, by the industry and the media and each other, like. <laughs> And, um, you know, so that, that helped me wrap my brain around it a little more. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think in terms of it being like a, an entry point for like really young girls to see women as like mega famous pop stars, but also as individuals in as much that the Spice Girls had personalities that were attached to their name, you know, <laughs> which I find a little weird. But another question. Um, um, did they decide that for themselves or were they assigned them? That's that would be this is a, this is a question. Yeah. Right. Oh, I have an answer to this. Yeah. It was assigned the names were assigned to them by the British press. They didn't come out and they weren't like, I'm scary spice. <laughs> they just came out with their names. And then the British tabloids were like, that one's scary, which we, there's a, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. <laughs> um, she's posh. That one, I don't know, Ginger. Like, it was very thrown together. But it was the press. That's, I heard a lot about the press in England. That's <laughs> not, not good times, especially then. Yeah. I mean, there was this moment in the movie where they were almost, like, trying to break out of the box of each of their characters. Mm -hmm. and they all tried on each other's clothes. And yeah, it yeah. almost felt like there was going to be a little, like, maybe this is the moment where they're like, I'm not Ginger anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then they just put their own clothes back on. Right, on. just carried on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, wrote, I wrote something like that. I don't know, I felt positively about that scene because I thought it was good that they were like, I'm not limited to what, like, people label me as, you know? Like, I'm a woman and I contain multitudes. Mm -hmm. I was like... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I that was like, hey, cool. Yeah, I thought that was the yeah. whole point, like, right? To not like, be anything else than what they wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, or not be pigeonholed, you know? Like, yeah. And I really liked how everyone had, everyone got to sing. Like, usually that doesn't happen in a group that big. Like, everyone had their part and their contribution to everything, and I thought that was good watching it over. Yeah, all of them had did Posh sing though? She did. Everyone, but they had their one. In, it, maybe it was one line, but they had one <laughs> sentence in the verse. Mm -hmm. But they all played. Yes, everyone. It happened. I watched. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about the things that were not realistic. Well, obviously, you can't because there's aliens in the movie. <laughs> but tour routing for a double decker bus would be a nightmare. Right. <laughs> That's just nonsense. They also, and I just want to clarify, everyone else heard this. They were saying that the Royal Albert Hall was their first ever live show. Was that the plot? Yeah, so like the one at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I yeah. think, that's what they were saying. Like, how could this be possible? Possible? <laughs> The other shows were made to look like they were smaller venues, though. I did notice that. Like, I did write down, what the fuck is this sit-down venue with tables? As I wrote that. Oh, when they, were, when they went to Milan or whatever? Is that what that was? Yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe. <laughs> that was just a weird bit of 
mid nineties British xenophobia about Italians. Yeah, I did notice that. I was like, oh. Yeah, because like at the beginning they're playing Top of the Pops, which is a TV show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if just maybe maybe they were supposedly they'd only existed on TV. I don't I was trying to think, like, did Pop Stars tour then? I'm sure they did. Maybe that's possible that they just had a hit single, it blew up, they did TV shows, and they never played the actual live concert, and that was their first one because it just went, like, I don't know. It doesn't add up. I don't know. This is, Unless this is I completely where I... misunderstood that, but that I'm pretty sure is what they were saying. Yeah, it seemed like, at least that in the movie, that was, like, the plot, was that they were ha- getting ready for their first live performance. Whether how that translates to actual real life for the Spice Girls, you know, that's lost to history now. But <laughs> but this is why you can't try to make sense of it. It's just like you just got to go along for the ride, and um, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't think it's not the the shit. Oscar, but it's not winning. <laughs> Three point seven on IMDb. Two point seven. I think it's a 3.7. Wow. Still pretty bad. It wasn't that bad, though. <laughs> it, was like, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, they lost points because the scene <sighs> transitions made no, no sense. Like, and, now, <laughs> and now they're delivering updates. <laughs> back to the show. And plus, people were <laughs> no, hearing the whole song in the whole in the movie. Usually, they could play like one verse and whatever. But we got like whole music videos. Yeah, that is true. Here, but that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, like, they were also that, the pregnant friend. They were like, She's a week overdue, and then at least two more weeks seemed to go past <laughs> before she gave birth. That woman was pregnant for 10 yeah. months, like, you and know what? Everyone she needs? was fine. We gotta take her out clubbing, make her stand in the balcony, and watch us dance. <laughs> that's what our very pregnant friend needs from us right now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did notice that everyone in the music business that worked um, was all evil, like comically evil, mm-hmm. right? Like stroking cats evil and like all that, like crazy suit evil and stuff like that. Um, but they were also all men except for one who was the assistant. Mm-hmm. Had like a moment and I didn't think she was gonna be given a moment, like, but there was a moment for her to like have like, you know, show strength and like have her character like develop and stuff. Yeah, she was the only person uh, with any, like, even slightly powerful position outside of the Spice Girls in the whole movie. That woman is actually, like, kind of a big deal acting-wise. She's, like... Oh, really? Yeah, she's usually been in, like, pretty serious movies. Um, Yeah, I did notice that. I mean, there's loads of weird, very British cultural references in this movie that, like... Eventually, I had to shut up because I kept pointing them out. <laughs> Crystal was like, just, okay. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, oh, that person was in that thing. Oh, that was so-and-so from this and that. I'm like, I don't, well, I I don't mean, know I just, these people are. <laughs> I wonder, like, not whether, if those things don't translate, if there's, like, a different level on which you can watch this movie. For example, uh, Roger Moore is the record label bo- boss who's stroking him a cat, and then later for some reason, a pig. Um, <laughs> so... I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. <laughs> what is a pig at first? What is happening? Well, so he he played James Bond in a bunch of the movies, 
And one of the bad guys was a guy called Blofeld who wore kind of that outfit and had a cat. So he's weirdly doing a Bond villain, which is like a wink to people who give a shit about it, but it's also just a weird detail. Um, I can't remember what else I pointed out. Well, I you mean, said that Dame Edna not yeah, in drag. The, the guy who's the newspaper boss, the Australian guy, is Barry Humphreys, which is the drag queen Dame Edna out of drag, which was another weird thing. And I guess he was... It was like Elvis Costello, not Elvis Costello, but yes, yeah, Elvis, Elvis Costello, Costello was in it just as okay. a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was somebody. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Elton John at the very beginning just shows up so he can collect kisses from the Spice Girls and walk away. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, it, there's so many people in this. There's like Peter Sissons, who was like the main BBC newsreader at the time, is the newsreader in it, and like. Jonathan Ross, who had like the main primetime talk show, uh, is the guy who's with them when they're announcing the show at the beginning. Like there's just all these like very specific, very of its time cameos in it. Um, Cause I kind of remember, I do remember what a big thing this was. I'm like, everybody wanted a piece of it. I mean, Joanna Lumley turns up and it's sort of, sort of being absolutely fabulous. I missed that one. I said like, there were like maybe two or three people that I might've recognized and I missed that one. But she wasn't dressed in her absolutely fabulous wig or anything. She looked like herself, mm -hmm. but they bumped into her on a balcony at one point. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that whole thing was very weird for me. I'm like, this, I, it, this movie is winking at me over and over again. <laughs> And I'm watching it with somebody who won't understand any of these references. <laughs> yeah, they all flew way over my head. Um, so what about, let's talk about the actual musical performances. So like, we know that the songs are, that are in there are like the big songs, but like, tell us some of your favorite moments of actual, um, the Spice Girls performing these mega hits. Um. I would say the um, second Italian show, I guess, when it's like for real. Mm -hmm. I always remember that just sticking into my head. I don't know why. I just thought it. Yeah, I mean, I was, that opening scene was very surprising to me for a number of reasons. I was just like, this is how we're setting, this, this is how we're setting the stage now. All right, here we go. Like, I just did, I just didn't know what I was in for. So I'm like, oh, we're do we're opening with a slow jam. That's a, that's a choice. Okay, here we go. You know, these, these were all very, very big hits. I yeah. mean, that song that they're singing at, in, um, in Italy. <laughs> that is weird. I don't know if they released that. I mean, I guess it was on the soundtrack, but that's a Gary Glitter song. It's a cover. Oh, and I've never heard, heard it before, except for in that movie. And Gary Glitter, <laughs> I mean, must be after this, because, oh my God, they, they wouldn't have done it otherwise. 
subsequently was revealed to be a really horrendous pedophile and it's like absolutely <laughs> persona non grata no one performs his songs nobody plays his music but that's what that is because it happened and i was like wow right <laughs> this is before everyone knew <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to burst your bubble on that one. <laughs> okay, tell us about your second favorite musical moment. Yeah. In the film. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, I feel like the last song is the most powerful. But wait, I want to talk about your musical moment because I forgot about the whole like they had the, the dancers, the male dancers. Mm-hmm. How, like important, like I mean important. I mean, it's just for us, like, especially that time and like, even now it's like flipping the script, right? Because it's always about having like, you know, like, these are very heavy quotation marks right now. Sexy mm-hmm. female dancers, right? Yeah. So like, with like, having like sexy male dancers, I don't know. I think that that was just like important to see like the script flip again, because it's like, again, until you see like representation is so important until you see that you're like, oh, I didn't know that was possible. Like, you know, like, I thought I'm just supposed to be here. Like, look stand here and look sexy you know and like dance sexy versus like no i'm gonna sing and then they're gonna stand here and look sexy because they're sexy too (laughs) like a little more like equal and like just celebration of everything so yeah i I like i like the house thing yeah that was that was perfect we're gonna do what we want anyway man Mm -hmm. (laughs) well that was there's also a little a little thing in there of like there was this that I don't, it doesn't really exist anymore, but there was this real stereotype in the 90s of that everybody in Europe was a massive perv. So <laughs> that's also a little bit what that's about. <laughs> like the director assuming that it would be a totally normal thing for all the men to be uh, either naked or have their butt cheeks hanging out <laughs> would, would be something we would expect from the continent. Well, it's because of all the art in Europe, right? Yeah, all that's like, why. Yeah. yeah. We're all like, you know, not, you know. Yeah, it's, but, it's an art historical. But put that to one side because no one thinks that way anymore. And it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the they're like, end the, the, the finale, their, their first live performance, um, you know. That's, that they they do the spice up your life song and it's great you know it, they they pulled it off and everybody loved it so uh, at the end of the day all's well that ends well right <laughs> yeah i can't remember any of the other songs what else was in it there was the opening song well they did um, they did mama because there was that weird moment when they were imagining themselves as moms right future they had a flashback and did wannabe right yeah i enjoyed that yeah yeah like, yeah I'm, just, I'm like looking at the, the there's a list of the songs but now i can't imagine where some of these actually were in the movie because they did two become one they did stop because when they started playing stop i was like this one's a jam yeah that's i again like i said there these are catchy songs that one particularly is is a good one but I also don't remember where it was in the movie. If it was just like supplemental background music while Meatloaf was driving them around on the bus. Um, <laughs> just great. Love a Meatloaf cameo. Um, <laughs> I don't know what anyone looks like. <laughs> <laughs> super young, so it's hard to yeah. yeah. Man. 
Um, and the guy who was the spy who was following them around taking photographs right. is Richard O'Brien, who uh, wrote Rocky Horror Picture Show and is in it as Riff Raff. He's the weird butler guy. It's just a weird. <laughs> yeah, once again, a little wink, wink, nod, nod. We're going to bring in this creepy guy to play another creepy guy. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> so... Which Spice Girl do all of us most identify with? I mean, I know my answer. I feel like it's Sporty Spice. I was, you know, I was, I mean, this is again, 90s rules. Um, yeah, I like sports. I like, I was, I mean, 2021 rules, non-binary, 90s rules, tomboy, right? So Sporty Spice. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was always like. That's what I was like. Yeah, I'll be Sporty Spice. I'm gonna pick okay. scary. Yeah. Not, okay. Just because I like her attitude and like she was just a badass. And I guess sporty spice, but what sport did she play? No, that's no, no, Fair question. Fair question. She has an exercise bike, so she bikes. She had a soccer ball and she likes soccer because she was wearing a Manchester United and I don't like either of those things, so I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> when she jumped in the when she jumped in the room oh. to save, save those kids, I don't know if you noticed, but she did the worst like belly flop. Absolute so face plant. I was like, that's terrible. Like you're not supposed to jump in the water like that because it hurts. Yeah. Like, so it's not swimming. No. And you know it's not a body double because no body double would be like dive into this. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna do it myself, and you're like, you've never. Oh man. Yeah, that was just poor form all around. <laughs> I mean, who, who are you, Crystal? 40 at all. This is a hard one for me because I had never considered a... Right. a, a Based on this movie. I mean, probably Ginger, which is still... When, when I was younger and this all came out and I was like, oh, I have to look at the Spice Girls. They're just everywhere. I thought, I thought Ginger was the prettiest and she also seemed to have... She had the best style, you know? But the fact that she's like kind of a know-it-all, uh, maybe I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a know-it-all, but I appreciate that she can add to the conversation. <laughs> and she's I think you did, she's got you did also, you did also have a little moment about um, Sporty Spice dressed up. Yeah, so well, yes, because we were, <laughs> when we were watching this movie too, I was like, wow, are they like, so, so Sporty Spice is like, definitely there is like the gay one right like are they trying to tell us that she's, she's a little queer coded, coded for sure in the 90s yes i saw that yeah <laughs> it's like, oh okay i didn't see that <laughs> yeah when they were beating other people you know you'll see when you get older okay? <laughs> I mean, just yeah. you know it's like they're this is a little heavy-handed but i guess it is the like she's a, she's a sporty she's a tomboy she's uh but when they were doing that whole scene where they were like, we're not just one thing. Let's like play around and try on different outfits and try on our clothes. And they did the like grease thing. Sporty uh -huh. Spice dressed up as Danny from Greece was very cute. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. this is a good look for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And but huh. she was also the only one that like dressed up as a boy they everybody else did girl characters and was like you know anyways yeah 
I appreciate that they kept it true to the shoe wear, like the shoes, and not like try to force it into platforms yeah. or something. Like, I'm sporting flies, and you're like, you can't play sports in that. Like, but like legit, everyone's in platforms, and she's wearing like shoes. Like, I noticed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if she was just taller. <laughs> no, but uh, see, this is where this is where it comes into like again, like my little like red flag goes up, and it's like, was this again organized and orchestrated by the male gaze though right? right they're like literally all the same height and shit and they're like all the same body style right i'm like we remember the 90s like what the fuck like <laughs> fucking i don't know it makes me think of like beauty standards that like constantly change but the 90s it was like does this make my butt look big right. and now like, we want our butts to look very big <laughs> like, you know, like it changes so drastically but like looking at spice world like it was just like straight up like okay this is like literally same body type same body type same body type same body mm-hmm. type. like i could say that they were like same body type and when they did the male dudes like dancing um they all look the same too. yeah yeah you know what i mean and i would love to see like some variation there mm-hmm. you know like, but they um, were actually the dream boys they were a like chippendales knockoff so it's a british thing it's like an existing mm-hmm. well there you they, go they were a strip troupe <laughs> <laughs> so i have an idea this has nothing to do with spice world what do you think of like co-ed like strip clubs or like co-ed is not the right word co-ed. but just like all gender you know what i yeah. mean that would be so much better don't you think that would be better God, i feel be like that so would be so much better. better it would kind of even yeah like, level like, the playing field a little bit right like you know like I'd be, like excited <laughs> for everyone and it's not just like you know like yes. you know yeah like, i don't know yeah I don't know what I'm saying that because I'm like pansexual, but like, and I'm like, no, everyone's beautiful. Like, what's all in it? What's happening, y'all? Like, you know, like, is it just me? But like, also, like, I think that'd that would beautiful. be beautiful. So and better. you'd be celebrating humans and their bodies yes. and like, you know, cheering for them and like, I don't know. Like, I think it, it would center the dancers more somehow as well. I think just like, not this weird, like, delineation of <laughs> one gender is down here and one yeah. gender is up there. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Naomi, you didn't tell us who uh, who your oh, who most <laughs> relatable <laughs> spice was. <laughs> um, I remember at the time that I really liked um, Scary Spice, mainly because when they did TV interviews, she would give as good as she got a lot of the times, you know? She was very gobby in the uh, parlance of the times. Um, <laughs> Gobby? Gobby. It just means she had, you know, she had a, a mouth on her and she wasn't afraid to use it. Huh. So, yeah, I remember, well, um, Scary Spice and Ginger Spice. It's very strange to talk about adult women with these terms. <laughs> <laughs> Mel B and Jerry were the ones that used to do most of the talking huh. uh, when they were interviewed on TV, certainly. Um, and I like I did appreciate both of them. Um, yeah, I wasn't I was never quite sure, and maybe it was just my burgeoning trying to work out where I fit fit on various spectrums at the time. <laughs> but I was always a little bit made a little bit uncomfortable by Sporty Spice, as I felt like she was being pushed on me somehow. <laughs> um, and I also like, cause she had, she had more solo songs than the others, I think. And it was always yeah, this, yeah, it was, there was always this narrative, like she was the one that could sing, which 
we were <laughs> watching it the other day. She was the one with the most powerful voice, but I'm not sure she's the one whose voice I appreciated the most. It was very much like, I can be loudest and hold the notes longest, so you will be hearing me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the other two kind of got, they kind of faded into the background quite a lot of the time. Posh Spice didn't really come to the fore until she married a footballer. But she did marry the footballer. Mm -hmm. She did. She did a good job with that. Yeah. 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 We all agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was a really specific moment in time because 1997 is when Tony Blair became uh, prime minister and he was supposedly left, left when he was left of center. He was for the party that was left of center. He was pretty centralist, it turned out. But we'd had, um, you know, Margaret Thatcher for a million years and then John Major, it had been very conservative governments for like 20 years. And everybody said there was no way for a left leaning government to get in again. And they managed to do it. And this whole thing called, <laughs> that was dubbed by the press, Cool Britannia happened, where suddenly it was cool to be British again, because it hadn't felt cool to be British for a long time. I mean, American culture had really taken over um, because this is like, I got into a weird Twitter argument with someone today about um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh boy. <laughs> which, was, which was 1991. And um, Four Weddings and a Funeral was 1994. Four Weddings and a Funeral was the first time that I remember an English film or British film being an international hit. And it, was, it wasn't like some stupid comedy that was, it wasn't fucking Mr. Bean or something that was just making us look stupid. It was a film about British people and British culture that everybody got on board with. But when I was a kid, all the movies in the theaters were American. And if British people were in them, they were the bad guys. It was usually Alan Rickman. And everything from Die Hard to Robin and Prince of Thieves to The Lion King, uh, we were the bad guys. And there just wasn't this feeling of, of, it was like the 60s were when it was cool to be British. And then suddenly 1997, I mean, there was also like when Tony Blair became prime minister, he sort of famously invited people like Oasis and probably the Spice Girls, I don't know. Yeah, they were around. All of these like cultural icons to come and celebrate with him rather than the establishment, which was not how it was done. And he like instantly kind of like welcomed in youth culture. So the fact that this movie came out when it did is very much like part and parcel of that. I, I've always wanted to write something that takes place in that summer because Tony Blair was um, elected in May, 1997. And like the Spice World comes out, you know, all of these cultural things happen. It's cool to be British. This is amazing. And then in September, Princess Diana got killed. And there was this huge like outpouring of national grief. And it's like that <laughs> summer, the British public suddenly had all of the emotions <laughs> that they'd been repressing 
for like their entire existence of the country. I've gone on a weird tangent, but that's where Spice World fits culturally. Well, that's like a a perspective I think none of us obviously would have had on this movie to like look at it. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, like we know it's we know it's like a big part of pop culture history, but like it's also a very specific part of like British pop culture history and like political history and social well, history. I'll tell you, like it's I'll tell like, you what, a, what a cultural icon it is. In the opening ceremony of the London Olympics in 2012, which is what, 15 years after this came out? Is my math right? I think so. Um, the fucking Spice Girls bus <laughs> from Spice World <laughs> was part of the opening ceremony. In fact, the Spice Girls were singing a song on top of it. And they wow. like it was their reunion after X number of years. It's still considered that much of a cultural moment. Spice World. They have it. It's, it's important, y'all. Who knew? <laughs> but it wasn't that turning point, right? Maybe they wouldn't have been so proud to be wearing these like Union Jack tube dresses, right? Because... Well, yeah. I mean, it it's hard to know like what what who's the chicken and who's the egg in this scenario because. Jerry wearing the Union Jack dress was like a thing, mm-hmm. even over there, to be like that proudly wearing it. Because also, like not so much Union Jack, but um, the St George's flag, which is the English part of it, which is a red cross on a white background. For most of the eighties, that had been like exclusively taken over by racists. <laughs> we just couldn't really like celebrate our national flag because the national the national front uh used it so much i felt like when trump was in the office yeah. right right similar vibes it was like whenever you see a red bag of flag it's kind of like uh, uh, your stomach drops but i'm looking yeah. forward to like, being a good thing again you know? mm-hmm. yeah so we all just need somebody to wear an american flag dress on something and you'll all be fine again but it's gonna have to be like Beyonce or somebody right, it's right. gonna be somebody that can like <laughs> drive it uh, home little Nas X yeah ideal you're like you're like no, no. <laughs> I want them to wear it I, I want them there. no that's not gonna work we can have it no <laughs> <laughs> we can all wear it yeah, we yeah. just got to take it back. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, are there any other thoughts you would like to share with us about Spice World? I mean, they delivered a baby. They did. That was awesome. They did. <laughs> they did. They're, they're no real doctor. heroes. Yeah. No doctor. Well, I mean, this is another random reference point that the, the one medical professional in the room with them is a nurse. She doesn't have a name in the movie, I don't think, but she played a character called Nurse Duffy in an incredibly long running, like our ER, <laughs> like wow. in Casualty uh, was the name of the show, Casualty, which is what we called A&E. But um, huh. yeah, that's so who like that a, was. Like Easter egg, that's funny, like British people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Order them like pizza, I wrote that down. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I like remembered a very specific moment in time and I feel like it was probably around 96 or so where it was like people started talking about like women having sex for pleasure it's like oh my god <laughs> like what like you know what I mean but like it was like a moment like where sex in the city happened and it was just like 
I want to have sex like a man. Like, I want to have sex because I enjoy it. And it was just like, what? But it's like, it kind of reminded me of that. Like, I felt like, you know, I'm not trying to be demeaning to anyone. And I don't want to, you know, obviously, consensual sex everywhere. But like, I thought it was interesting how they, you know, they were very proud and they own their sexuality. And like, they talked about like, you know, having men when they wanted men. And like that, again, is like having a turning point to women. Probably 96 would have been like, yeah, that was kind of actually quite surprising. Yeah. That, that little segment. Right? But it was just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It kind of reflects, like, the whole bikini kill, like, we don't need you thing. Like, I felt like that was very strong throughout the movie. Like, oh, but we don't need you. Except for all the dudes that work in the music business that kind of own their asses. Like, <laughs> right. like, hmm. So we can't even hide that in, like, a movie, like, featuring girl power because, like, that's how it yeah. is. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, other than that, I don't know. It was good. I think there were moments that were good for women and changed a lot of things. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. No, I mean, it's best we just leave the alien segment where it is. <laughs> I thought it was a very interesting portrayal of aliens. Like someone <laughs> Yeah, oh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. And I didn't like how they came back at the end and they were dancing in t-shirts. It freaked me out. Yeah, and Jerry felt compelled to kiss one of them just because he asked. No, and I didn't like that. Yo, that's so funny. I wrote that. I was like, huh, low budget, but creative aliens that were slightly triggering. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they got so, I mean, there's so many subplots in this movie, but I feel like somebody along the line was like, you know what? The X-Files is hot as shit right yeah. now. We should Put just do a weird alien thing. <laughs> I love the X-Files. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sames. <laughs> yeah, we're big fans over here. But, uh, and that's, I, like, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, this is an X-Files callback, isn't it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah. Well, you know, there was, a, th- this movie gave us a lot to think about, which is not necessarily what I was expecting. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what else is going on with y'all? Uh, are there uh, shows? People are playing shows again. You have music coming out. Yeah. How can people find out about you? Lay it out for us. Yeah, yeah, we're playing our first show. Um, we live in North Carolina, so we're playing our first show in Raleigh at the Four House, and it's going to be a part of their new local band, Local Beer, which is being moved to Sundays, which is a big thing. I don't know. Y'all live in New York. It's very far away. But for here, it's pretty going to be pretty cool. And they have, like, two stages now, so they're going to go back and forth. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Other than that, like, the biggest project is, like, we have an album in the can. Yes. And it's burning a hole through our hands right now. And uh, we're releasing it in August. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, that's so, exciting. We'll keep yeah. we'll keep our eyes out for that, for sure. Yeah. And uh, people can find that on Bandcamp then, or? Uh... Yeah, so um, they will be able to find it on Bandcamp. We have some singles that are released that are also on Bandcamp, but also on Spotify. Um, and then we also have videos for the singles off the new album that have been released that are on YouTube, um, including one that includes a lot of ramen. So <laughs> there's that, and that exists in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for for doing this, for joining us, and uh, for having having the important conversations that we need to be having about Spice World. Yeah, I know. Everyone needs to know. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. All right. Bye y'all. Bye. Bye. Bitches. It's been yes. real. <laughs> You've been listening to Basic Bitches Movie Club, produced by us, Basic Bitches. 
if you would like to know more about us, please visit basicbitchesband.com. Don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe to this podcast on your provider of choice.